Don't look back because the market is closed. Good Wednesday afternoon, everyone. Kip Harrods here with the Daily VRA Investing Podcast. Big move higher today. Open lower, big reversal right after the open as, uh, as uh, semiconductors came roaring back, NASDAQ came roaring back. Let's talk about the markets. We have a lot of important things happening beneath the surface, too, uh, that tend to tell us today was a green light day. Today was the day we got the green light again. Our extreme overbought markets have had their pause, and uh, it's, uh, it's, it's green light. It's time to go higher again. Saw today, certainly. Dow Jones up 316 points, uh, at closing at 34,137. Uh, SPO 100 up exactly the same percentage of 38 points. That's right at nine-tenths of 1%, closing at 41.73. Our leader on the day was NASDAQ. Again, what you want to see, tech leading the way. NASDAQ up 1.2%, up a big 163 points at 13,950. And finally, Russell 2000 actually was... Um, Actually, our leader today, Russ 2000, up over 2% today. Of course, it's been beaten up pretty badly here. Uh, we think a, a lot of catch-up is about to happen in small caps. It actually is my number one sector here. Tyler would tell you, probably say NASDAQ. He's a big tech guy. Uh, I happen to think that uh, small caps just have more upside here because, again, they're, they're the furthest below all-time highs, have a lot of catch-up to do. As we continue to see this economy just just uh, recover incredibly well, I'll give you an example. Tyler talked about this yesterday. Um, earnings. It, it's it's just it's it's first quarter earnings. Everyone knew they'd be good. I don't know anyone that thought they'd be this good. So far, ninety percent have beaten on the estimates by an average of twenty one point seven percent. Again, Tyler covered this yesterday. This is three times better than the normal beat rate. Uh, I don't know that I've seen that before. Uh, also, actual earnings per share growth is coming in at 46.1%. <laughs> I mean, these are, these, are, these are big numbers. Revenues are up 8.5%. Again, these are all wildly bullish numbers. And what's interesting about this, and I think this is what the market, this is why we're saying this is a melt-up bull market, because people aren't prepared for this. Wall Street analysts aren't prepared for this. And so whatever all the bears have been focused on is, how can you say the market's cheap when the the forward PE is 29? Well, because as a discounting mechanism, that's what these gains are telling you. The forward PE is not going to remain 29. By this time next year, the PE could be below 20 because this is how fast earnings are growing. And we haven't even gotten, we're just now in second quarter. We've got three months before those earnings reports come out. Those are going to blow these out of the water. So that's the market we're in now. I know a lot of folks are also talking about sell it may and go away. Look, it's a legitimate, it's a legitimate concern. Since 1950, you only wanted to be in the markets, I say only, if you are just an index fund investor, right? If you're just in the markets, you primarily only want to be in the markets from November to April. Over 90% of the gains, well over 90% of the gains have taken place since 1950. To put that in perspective, here, here are the hard facts. This, by the way, this is thanks to uh, Stock Traders Almanac, our friends over there. If you'd invested $10,000 a year from November to April, from 1952 to last year, you'd have $960,000 in gains. If you'd invested that same amount from May to October in the Dow Jones, since, what is that, 70 years? You'd have 2,000 693. So you tell me, 
Would you rather have 960,000 in gains or 2,600 in gains? That's how powerful sell in May and go away has been for 70 years. Now, in the last 10 years or so, it's not been nearly as effective. We've actually seen, we've had some great periods from May to October, including last year's. Last year, uh, the uh, the Dow Jones last year was up, again, from May to October, was up uh, better, oh, right at 9%, right at 9%. And uh, so that was a great time to be in the markets. When, again, a lot of people, we think, and we've seen this, uh, we've talked about this this week, as the markets hit extreme were bought. We had 10 out of 12 days with, with, with mixed to negative market internals. We key off that in our VRA investing system. But today was quite, quite, today was quite a bit different than that. But these negative internals got the, the bears back out. Everyone was talking about sell a man, go away. And every, all, of you know, all of a sudden, the shorts you know, uh, got, uh, got, got aggressive again. Well, it's a day like this that unwinds all of that. Uh, or it can anyway. It, this looks like a green light day to us, and here's why. In both NASDAQ and NYSE, we had an 88% upside volume day today. Now, that's not a, uh, what they would classify as an official volume thrust day. That's, they typically want to see 90% there, and that's a real green light day. But 88% upside volume day for NASDAQ and NYSE, folks, that's, that's getting it on. That's, that's stellar. And we saw the same thing, by the way, in advanced decline, maybe a little more muted, but frankly not a whole lot. Uh, advanced decline, NYSE was uh, four to one positive. Uh, NASDAQ, uh, what is that? Uh, three, three, uh, three to one positive. So it's a really good readings. And of course, we also had highly positive new 52 week highs lows. We had 328 companies at new 52 week highs to about 130 hitting new 52 week lows. So uh, good readings all around. Good to see this again going into the day. We had 10 out of 12 days with mixed to negative internals. Uh, this was very good to see today. And again, we love the fact that the semis led. Semis up 2.3% today. Again, small caps up 2.3% today. Uh, and uh, NASDAQ, of course, up 1.2%. So these are all very, very good to see. And the other thing, and um, you know, we've talked about this for over a year now, about coronavirus insanity. We don't reference much anymore because the markets have frankly forgotten about it. This is now really fear-mongering. You know, it's, it's the vaccine companies that, and governments that are desperate to push these vaccines. The vaccines now are beginning to pile up on the shelves. If you're in the U.S., if you want a vaccine, you've had a vaccine. You, you're, you're pretty much done. Everybody else, like me, like a lot of us, have no interest, zero interest in getting jabbed certainly while they're still classified as experimental vaccines. Maybe a little more patience is gonna, <laughs> will convince me to do it. I doubt it. But again, because we're talking about an illness, it's got a 99.8% survival rate. So, and if you saw Fauci on CNN today, he said once again, just because you've been vaccinated doesn't mean you can't pass on the virus to somebody else. So what is the, what is the, what, please someone tell me, what is the advantage to being vaccinated if you're a healthy person, there, there really is, as we see it, there is none. But that's, with the, that's why they've got to ramp up the fear-mongering. They did it yesterday. A matter of fact, some of this overbought sell-off has stemmed from the fear-mongering of coronavirus in the U.S. and globally. Yesterday, they were saying that 
Prime Minister Modi of India was going to come out and have a, announce a nationwide lockdown. Instead, he went on national TV and said, we're not doing nationwide lockdowns. There's no way we're going to do it. Just the opposite of the rumor mill. But again, these vaccine companies and uh, governments trying to push these vaccines are getting desperate modes. So we're going to see it ramp up. You're going to hear all kinds of, uh, frankly, lies in the media, if you still watch the media, not many people do anymore, really. And if we do, we understand we're watching television. But they're going to be ramping up the, the panic porn like you've never seen before to try to force people into getting these vaccines, peer pressuring people into getting these vaccines. Um, but the, the point is, from our point of view, for the markets, the markets stopped caring about coronavirus long ago, long, long ago. The markets know it's over, and uh, so that's why we've continued to use pullbacks, especially on fears of coronavirus, as a significant buying opportunity. And should we get another one? We'll, we'll, we'll do that as well. Again, we think this is a melt-up bull market. Um, let's take a look at our uh, sector watch today. Again, exactly the same thing. Really good numbers here. We essentially had all 11 sectors up today. Utilities were down a little bit. Communications down slightly, but it was nine out of 11 sectors higher, led to the upside by materials, 1.9%, energy at 1.5%, financials also at 1.4%. And significantly, Tyler was reading before our, we talked, of course, before every podcast, and he was reading off the list of sectors that hit all-time highs today, and it's a, it's a long list again. Uh, but, you know, one of the things I'll just point out today is, uh, you know, here you had today, and this happened yesterday too, Dow Jones Transports, all-time high yesterday. Dow Jones Transports, up another 145 points today. Of course, another all-time high. Housing is right behind it. So you've got our two leading economic indicators, housing and transportation, crushing it, just crushing it. That's why when people say this market's going to crash or there's a lot of risk in this market and we're going to go have another 2008, 2009, well, it doesn't mean we can't crash, right, because that can always happen. But it's not going to happen because the housing market is falling apart. And it's not going to happen because transportation stocks aren't doing well. All-time highs, folks. These are big-time buy signals. Um, matter of fact, we, we base a lot of our uh, fundamental analysis in the VR investing system. That's kind of one and two right there. Uh, history tells you if your housing market's soaring, if transports are soaring, your economy is soaring. We're going we're gonna to keep it simple and stick by those rules. In our commodity watch today, Gold today up a big $16 an ounce at $17.94. We are getting back. Uh, we shared a couple of charts today with our folks about uh, the, the precious metals and miners. Gold's looking very good again. Silver today up uh, 3% at the $26.64. The silver chart, just it looks like it's ready to just, to just go. You know, it, it looks like it's ready to, to, really, to really blast off uh, like copper. We've been all over copper now for a couple of years. And uh, copper up today, a nice 1.9% at 428 a pound. Copper and silver going everything uh, when it comes to, you know, uh, construction and, and uh, installation of anything tech-related or uh, environmental, EV-related, etc. Solar, certainly all of these things. Copper and silver uh, are both ready to go, and they've already had good years. Um, and, but what I, the point I want to make, though, is what's happening in the miners. Because the miners lead both up and down. The leverage is in the miners. You've heard, the, heard us say this often now. And it's because it's true. Uh, today, GDX is now only 50 cents a share. That's the minor ETF. Just 50 cents a share below its 200-day moving average. And more importantly, I think, is it's broken 
its long-term downtrend line, this channel that was a perfectly formed descending channel that GDX could not escape from. It's now escaped from it. It's now rocketing back up towards the 200-day moving average. Uh, look, we, we, we're, we're 70% fundamental. We're 30% technical. Fundamentals have always, always mattered more to us. That's why even though these fell below the 200-day moving average in gold and GDX, we never even considered issuing a sell order because the fundamentals for both for precious metals, period, are just too incredibly strong. And um, so, uh, but, but again, technically now, we're starting to see buy signals emerge here. That is very good to see. Oil today gave back some of its recent gains down $1.56 a barrel at 61.11. Some concerns about demand. They mentioned India and coronavirus. And, you know, look, we love oil here as well. Actually, we saw, we saw about the miners leading precious metals, right? The, the underlying commodity. Well, we saw it today. XLE, the energy ETF, was up 1.5%, even as oil was down 1.5%. That's a buy signal historically. And finally today, Bitcoin right at $55,000, down 1750 a Bitcoin right now. Uh, there is some chatter uh, about this being now five days below the 50-day moving average in Bitcoin, and maybe some sellers are going to come in. You know, we, we're, we're, not, we're not day traders here. And we don't, we don't trade Bitcoin necessarily at all. We're long-term investors. Uh, we would just continue to uh, use weakness to buy. And uh, we do think that Bitcoin's headed a whole lot higher. There's a lot of interesting companies coming up around Bitcoin in this space now of this, this new and exciting industry that's emerged because it's real. The Coinbase IPO legitimized this industry. And now the SEC is about to prove supposedly a number of Bitcoin ETFs that'll add further legitimacy and uh, look at some of these companies. Coinbase, I would not actually buy it here. It's just too pricey for me. Uh, get it back in the, say, $250 range or $250 share range or something. I'd be very interested. But there are other companies that we're, uh, that we're uh, evaluating right now in this space that look really interesting right here and right now. Come join us and find out about them. VRAinsider.com. VRAinsider.com. Folks, we appreciate you joining us. Keep your feedback coming. We always... Uh, appreciate you listening and your feedback, and we'll look forward to hearing, seeing you back here again tomorrow after the close.